not everyone wants to be physical on a football field for some reason. Like, so when I, you know, get the ball and I square a guy up and I see him like he's kind of slow plays it, I'm gonna try to run through his face. It works for me. Yeah. <laughs> so for me, like when you pancake a guy and you feel their breath exhale, like to me, that's their soul leaving their body. Uh-huh. Like, I they just soul. took their man card? Yeah. Wow. Like, I, that's, like, that's what it means to me. So, I respect like, that. I respect so, like, that. When I get that, that deep exhale, like wow. I just knocked the wind out of them, uh-huh. I'm like, yeah, I, I got you, you're done. <laughs> Welcome to week eight of the Air It Out Fantasy Football League podcast, part of the Air It Out Network. I'm Joe. I'm Chantel. I want to thank you very much for listening last week and welcome back. You can find us on all platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, YouTube, Google Podcasts, and now iHeartRadio. Please like, follow, get notifications of the new episodes. Don't forget, it's very important to rate and review. Support this podcast link in the show description. We could certainly use your help. Follow us up the Air It Out Network on Instagram. How was your week? My week was very good. Good football week, crazy football week, lots of uh, up and down stuff. But I'm going to share something with you, Joe. I learned something this week that I was very surprised to learn. Jerry Rice does not watch football anymore. I'm convinced that Jerry Rice does not watch football with you. and will anymore. Not even his son's games. No, he that's probably what he spends most of his time doing and focusing on. When it comes to the NFL, I'm convinced. And here, I, I'll, I'll tell you why. So this morning, I'm watching NFL Insiders on the NFL Network, like I do all the time. Yep. And they started talking about the flag football being introduced into um, the Olympics, yeah, right? Come out. Great. Brady, all the fun stuff. Tyreek Hill. Put the cheat out there. Yeah. Right. And so I'm glad you said those names mm-hmm. because they had Jerry Rice on the show as a panelist, which is not a weird thing to see. He's only like the greatest wide receiver ever yeah, to play the position, yeah. right? Yep. So not odd to see him on the panel. And they start discussing that and they say, hey, Jerry, who would you like to see maybe, you know, like as a retired quarterback play and represent in flag football? For, you know, the U.S. And Jerry says, well, you know, I'm thinking Joe Montana. (laughs) Exactly. Joe Montana is probably a grandfather like 10 times over. It's probably a great grandfather by now. And all you can think, Tom Brady literally retired five minutes ago. Big Ben probably retired five minutes after that. So Drew Brees Brees retired 10 days ago. And you said Joe Montana. So that was one. I was like, okay. He he maybe maybe over 65 football flag league. I I don't know. And then they said, okay. So they talk some more about flag football. Then they go on and they say, okay, well, Jerry, who do you know your position? You were the one of the best to ever do it, of course. Who do you like to watch now of the young up-and-coming? Guys going, who do you, and he's like, you know, he gives the most generic answer. He says, well, they're all just so hungry. So they all do really, they all do really well. So as if Justin Jefferson is not playing, as if Tyreek Hill is not playing, as if Jamar Chase is not. So at that point, I was like, okay, 
he there's no way that he still watches NFL football. I think if it does not include his son and the USC Trojans, I wouldn't be surprised if he's not. Or the occasional show up at the Niners to say, hey, I'm here and I support the 49ers. <laughs> I do not think he probably actively partakes in you know what, football. Jerry, if you're listening, at first I was like, wow, you would think that a person that's that good at it, that loves it, that's like is connected and dialed in forever. And then... I thought, well, you and I have been working in aviation alongside each other for many years now. And I thought to myself, when I retire, nobody better not ask me anything about aviation. I don't want to be asked anything about aviation at all. Not a hot air balloon, not a airplane, not even a, don't ask me about a paper airplane. I'm, I'm done. And so maybe that's what, you know, the road that he's taking. So I, I'm with you, Jerry. I get it. I understand. I think you are exactly the same. There's a woman I'm a big fan of who I worked in aviation with named Raquel Lewis. She retired. Right. Um, she went to Stanford, highly intelligent. And she said, as she got closer to the end, she just data dumped. That's my goal too. Maybe that's what Jerry's doing. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. Yep. All right. So but cool. Very, very cool. All right. So week seven of football is officially a wrap or halfway through the season. We here got here in what it seems like lightning speed. Officially the halfway point of many fantasy leagues. But let's take a look at what happened in this thing of ours this past week. Time for the Air It Out Fantasy Football League recap. Okay. The Air It Out Fantasy Football League recap. This week's winners. Zulu Nation killing it this season. Just rolling over all of us. Another win now six and one for him. Elsie's classic 73 team taking me down a peg, moving into the number two spot now, five and two. Florida Fade with a win, climbing into the number four spot now, four and three. The Players Club also getting the W this week, now in seventh place and a three and four on his record. And rounding out the winners is our very own Bulldog Joe, now two and five, still with a, a little ways to go in 10th place now. For everyone else, yours truly, the Battle Beast, taking a loss to Bulldog Joe and falling down to third place now, four and three on the record. That Grizzly also coming up short this week now in fifth place with a record of three and four. Also taking a loss this week, the left hand of Thanos, sixth place with a uh, record of three and four. And no luck for the Road Warriors either. They're now at three and four, eighth place. And finally, 52 fake out, ninth place with a record of two and five. So there seems to be no stopping Zulu Nation this week. The combination of McCaffrey and Kamara both led the way, combining for over 50 fantasy points in the running back category. Kirk Cousins did the rest, upsetting the Niners this week on Monday night, putting up nearly 30 fantasy points for uh, Zulu Nation. Elsie's classic 73. He is determined, I think, to make me eat crow this this year. He was the team that I picked to come in last, and he has been uh, doing quite well for himself. This time it was Kelsey who put him over the top with a huge game, 37 fantasy points, 12 receptions, 179 yards, and ATD. Florida Fade also looks like the uh, drafting of the two powerhouse quarterbacks back-to-back paid off in a major way this week for him with Jalen Hurts and Lamar Jackson both combining for 73 fantasy points. And Bulldog Joe swoops in with the uh, Minshew mania, killing me off with his uh, quarterbacks. Also, with uh, I think Minshew and Josh Allen, both they combined for 65 fantasy points. And then the rookie running back, Jameer Gibbs, he added another 27 on top of that. So really good for them. The rest of us are are just playing catch up at this point. But we're approaching the, uh, we're not approaching, we're 
Halfway Probably, there. yeah, halfway there, dead set in the middle. So it looks like we better uh, make some changes and get a little bit uh, caught up if we want to keep up with the rest of the, keep up with the, the winners in this league. It is still very tight. So everyone's alive, but no one's out of it just yet. But yeah. it's, uh, it's getting to that point where the games are make and break. So. Yeah. So, but that's what's up in the Air It Out League. Now moving on to the big leagues. What's up in the NFL this week, Joe? Okay, I'll start with the trades and movement. Again, the trade deadline is coming up on Halloween, October 31st. So watch out for that. Uh, the biggest and most notable one of the week was the Titans traded all pro safety Kevin Baird for safety Terrell Edmonds plus a 20, 24 fifth and six round pick to the Philadelphia Eagles. It just seems like the rich get mm. richer. So the Titans get rid of their best, probably secondary player. And, wow. Uh, and send them off to Philly, where he has a big okay. play Slay and others back there. Right. So yep. Making that team better. And Philly's, but there's been some complaints about Slay lately, you know, getting beat a little bit. So maybe that's why. He's going to play against, yeah. uh, against Miami. Well, he, yeah, that's true. That, no yeah. no lie there, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he cert- that team is very good, and they're certainly yeah. going in to try to win the Super Bowl this year. It got so close last year, and mm-hmm. giving it a go again uh, this that, year. That was my pick. We'll see. There is news that the Titans are kind of having a fire sale. Um, I don't think anybody wants Tannehill, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> Derrick Henry certainly okay. been a rumor for the past few weeks, and uh, we'll see if they get rid of – not that anybody wanted – uh, DeAndre Hopkins in the offseason. Let's mm. see if they offload him, too, because he was a free agent. He's been moving around quite a bit. And he has been moving around quite a bit. Okay, uh, if we didn't talk about some Nicole Hardman, traded by the Jets back to Kansas City for two okay. late picks yeah, in 2025. In all honesty, Kansas City is still very much the Kelsey mom show. I mean, mm-hmm. anybody who watched last week, the week of the tight end, that's certainly what happened. Right. J.C. Jackson was back in New England after and helped the Patriots slow down Stephon Diggs last week to 50 and a touchdown. So he was a big contract signing for the L.A. Chargers. Okay. They went there for four years and $40 million, I believe it was, and then it didn't work out, and they sent them back to New England. And he had an impact last week. He really did, and that's a shocking win for New England over Buffalo. They finally were able to get that Buffalo monkey off their back right. for a little bit. That was crazy. So that was a good one. That's pretty much it for the trades. I expect the trade mill to be much bigger as we get towards that 31st deadline. All right, and news and headlines. Here's one of the 49ers pretenders. Are the 49 absolutely not? Who would make such an assertion? Okay, that's so absurd. That's after two losses back to back for the first time in quite a while for the San Francisco Ford Brock Purdy against the Vikings. Not a bad stat line 21 for 30, 272 yards, one touchdown, two INTs. That's the, Brock Purdy's a really young quarterback. It would be crazy not to expect some hiccups in the road. I mean, it's the NFL on any given Sunday, any team can, can bring it. So, um, they're far from pretenders, far from it. So, but I do think the heart and soul of the team is around McCaffrey, Debo Samuels, guys like that. So, yeah. right now, I, he and Brock Purdy has played well, but he is still a very young, very much developing quarterback, yeah. right? So, yeah, he's gonna he's gonna make mistakes, and it looks like because of that position, it looks like he is what's driving that team. But he's absolutely not. It's the other guys that those veterans that have been there. So. Missing Trent Williams is huge, too. He's, yeah. he's probably, oh, yeah. if not the that, best, the top five offensive tackles in the entire league. And they did not have him last week. That makes a big, big difference. McCaffrey still had a McCaffrey-like game. McCaffrey, mm-hmm. in my opinion, the offensive MVP in the league right now. I mean, it's 16 games, I believe, now with a touchdown. He's about to break the record. Right. Like yeah. But, yep. Yep. So that's uh, that's certainly nice to have. Okay. So we're going to I agree with an agreement. The Niners okay. are not pretenders. No. However, now they are chasing Philly a little bit for that uh, go-through Philly playoff scenario. Okay. Same thing that played out last year where they went to Philly. Brock Purdy got hurt. And then you remember what else right. happened there. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're going to have to chase a little bit. They do play each other uh, in December. So we got that. All right. In other news, Ndamukong Sun is talking about coming back. Now 36 years old. Now, the team that's interested in him, the Baltimore Ravens. 
Now, do you take a 36-year-old, 350-pound man and stick him in the middle of your defensive line when you're another team that's on a projection to make a deep? You know what? I don't. I mean, I think the Baltimore Ravens are doing just fine. I agree. The Baltimore Ravens are doing just fine. Okay. We have another one. Saints uh, wide receiver Chris Olave, the high pick out of Ohio State, was arrested for reckless driving. He was doing 70 mm. and a 35. So he had to oh. get to CVS. Oh, come now, on. I, at not much uh, younger than him at 18, did the same exact thing. <laughs> so... <laughs> And had the same exact result. It just turned into a misdemeanor and you pay a fine and life goes on. But okay. it was newsworthy. Right. Okay. And then one last one. Finally, Detroit wide receiver Marvin Jones Jr. announced he's leaving the NFL. So I'll give you a little history. Really? Yeah. Give a little history. He was drafted by Cincinnati in 2012 as a okay. fifth-round pick. He signed a $40 million contract with the Lions in 2016. So it was very prevalent in the 2016 to mm -hmm. 2020 class. Uh, he left to play for Jackson for two years and then back to the Lions on a one-year deal this past March. He said, to be brief, I'm stepping away from this team to take care of personal family matters. Okay. Although this is no easy decision, I cannot be the person player that I need to be for this team, as well as tend to my family afar. This organization has been amazing, showing love and support for myself and my family over the years. And this time is no different. So does it look like a comeback thing or just a uh, take I, away, I a time away thing or what? His age sounds like the end. Okay. Yeah. For that, I'm appreciative to my brothers and coaches. I'll be rooting for you every step of the way. This is the year, the Lions. Go yeah. get it. Love and respect for all. That's interesting. And why not just say, say goodbye? Yeah. Why yeah. not just a retirement yeah. in general, though? Like, if why they're stepping away yeah. as opposed to just, um, so I don't know, odd. Very interesting. Well, that's yeah. it for our news and our headlines. I'll go into the injury. One more, one more, oh, one more. So I don't know if we you were planning to bring it up later, but I think it fits under this. So I know that we saw last week uh, the Bijan Robinson I situation. Was, I was going to bring that up under injuries. Under the injury ones. Yeah. Okay. Well, Keep going then. We'll, we'll roll on. Right, we'll get there in just a minute. Okay. So in injuries, we'll start with the Sean Watson head shoulder. Came in, then came out of that game. Yep. Uh, last week against Indianapolis, a very high scoring game. Is PJ Walker now fantasy viable? He was 15 for 32, 178 yards, one interception. That defense saved that game. If it wasn't right. for the defensive touchdowns in that game, they would have gotten blown out by the Colts. So. Yeah. I would only consider PJ Walker in a very deep league. If you have to. He's, if you have to. Desperation. Right. Yes. Desperation pickup. All right, uh, same team, Jerome Ford, ankle. Yep. Sounds like he's going to be out for a couple weeks, so you maybe run out and pick up Pierre Strong, who's only 1% rostered, mm -hmm. or Kareem Hunt, who's 65% rostered. Right, I say Kareem Hunt. It's Kareem Hunt. They're, they're, they're ramping him up. Absolutely right. And now to my partner here's point, Bijan Robinson, illness. No one knew about it, so if no one knows, 90 minutes before the NFL kickoff on Sundays, they give a final injury report. Right. And that should tell you who to start and sit in the old fantasy world. He wasn't on that report. So he didn't play in the first half, and he was mm -hmm. quoted as saying, I felt like I was being poked in the eye with hot sticks, which mm -hmm. to me sounds like maybe migraine headaches. Right. We're speculating here. But uh, it wasn't a good thing for the fantasy world. Do He did come back and play in the fourth quarter. So mm, so I have I have my theories Go. about this situation. <laughs> so, right. And I'm so connected to it because, of course, I am a fantasy manager of one Bijan Robinson, and I did have him in the game, and he got a total of 0.3 Fantasy points. So he, on one snap, he played one snap in the fourth quarter at the very end, right? So I have seen in several places now, and I was not thinking I should have taken better note and made note of uh, where I could cite this. But so now the Falcons are being questioned and investigated by the league for noncompliance with the league injury reporting protocol. So, and they're doing so because according to the coach, he, Bijan Robinson, didn't just report that day. He reported the day before that he was feeling kind of weird. So he started with illness not feeling so great Saturday, which is more than enough time to include it in the injury report, right? He gets up 
He gets up Sunday and is like, I'm really not feeling good today. Still doesn't make the the report, right? So they are fines, like you said, and punishments associated with not being um, completely transparent and adding players where they should and reporting those injuries. Sit, start, whole bunch of stuff depends on it, out, even outside of fantasy, right? Yep. So my theory with the situation is in an attempt to avoid those non-compliance fees that the, or fines they'll be hit with in an attempt to stay out of trouble, they put them in for that one snap. No one and, and so, but the problem with that, I think, is the compliance uh, document. I think, it, I don't know if it's been updated since then. There was one that I found that was a couple years old. But it says that even if their workload is much less than what it would normally be. So that one snap for three yards just isn't going to no. do it. So which is why they're now being investigated for, for breaking that protocol. So I expect there to be a fine associated at some point. I think you're probably right. It was very unfair to the fantasy managers up there. Hopefully if this is what really would happen, he has a migraine headache or something like that, the young man can get it sorted out and get back. Right. To the field. So, yeah. Yeah. But well, you know what? I, well, we'll, Talk more about him later yeah. on in the, in the fantasy For those who care section. in the background, Cordell Patterson is widely available, only 3% rostered, and Tyler Algier is 59% rostered. Tyler Drew had a nice game in that game. He did. And his replacement. All right, Christian Watson, the Green Bay Packer wide receiver, knee. He had the same Again. surgery. He had knee surgery on that back mm-hmm. in June. Um, they're making it sound like it's not very big deal. It is a little early in the week stuff. We'll know more tomorrow about Mr. Watson and his knee. Uh, DK Metcalf on his hip, that he got the same thing that happened to you with uh, Atlanta running back. It's the same thing that happened with DK with Metcalf. DK Metcalf. Okay, yeah. last he was, minute he or set, he was set to play. Yeah, Bijan okay. Robinson. Same exact thing. With yeah. he was set to play, not on the report. He went out there and was taken out very early, so he left a lot of donuts, a lot of zeros for a lot of fantasy. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, okay, it's a, it's a hip. We'll get into his replacements later. Who's on the waiver wire and stuff? He's going to be out for quite a while. Yeah, um, Zach Ertz, Zach Ertz, who everybody mm-hmm. would tour. I R. Yeah, I R. Quad strain at least four weeks. He'll be replaced by second-round pick Trey McBride, who's only 2% rostered. If you're interested in the Arizona offense, I don't know why he would be, but if you are, uh, he's got 170 (laughs) yards and no touchdowns. Anything else for the injury report? Mm, No, I think that does it. Okay, so every week is a constant battle against the treacherous injury train. So far, with no signs of things moving out, only likely to get worse as the season rolls on. Let's take a look at what that means for the fantasy world. We'll start with our movers and shakers. So the stars this week... There were a few that I liked in particular. I'm going to go Jordan Addison. And actually, how about the Vikings as a whole? They really showed up. Offense was very— It was incredible game. It, it was a very Vikings offense. Like, they're the number one offense passing in the NFL right now. Right. And one of the very worst at rushing, and they mm-hmm. were able to throw the ball very well in that game. They did, but, you know, I think that—but they started out running the ball, and that made all the difference. That's why they were able to throw later on in the game. I think they—Addison—not uh, uh, Addison. In addition to Addison. Madison. Madison, Madison. right? Uh, got much more than I was than he usually. He came out and ripped off an eighteen yard run, which is right, right nice. off, right, right off the, the bat. bat, which helped a little bit, I think. But they still are lacking any rushing touchdowns in Minnesota. Yes, they have to have one, right, of those, right. So. But with Jordan Addison, the wide receiver rookie, right, finally a breakout game for him. Thirty three fantasy points, all on my bench, by the way. But mm. against a very formidable 49ers defense, no less, right? Seven receptions, 10 targets, 123 yards, two TDs. Crazy, yeah. right? Yeah. Jameer Gibbs, the other honorable mention guy for me. Uh, not honorable mention, but outstanding play, right? It looks like he is going to become that passing threat that you talked about so much with him. That was his specialty to Alabama. And yeah. That's what I expected Detroit to use him as, as well as he's going to be the lead guy there for at least one more week, it looks like. So 
I think, I, I don't know, that could change. Even when David Montgomery comes back, I think that was a, a good outing for him. Nine receptions on 10 targets for him. So, yep. which was, I mean, just as much. I think he had only 11 rushing attempts for 68 yards on the ground and then 50, that coupled with the 10 targets for 58 yards uh, receiving and then a rushing TD. So And a very negative script, too. So that was nice to right. see they were trailing that game quickly. And right. A lot, so. Yeah. And then I think they're, I, it seems like Detroit's ready to take the kind of, the, take the kid gloves off with him. Yeah. And so I'm and thinking that, right. And, and that could be, if, if they do that and give him more of the workload coupled with what Montgomery has been doing there. Yeah. Yeah. I think that'd be great. I think it'd be fun to watch. I really do. So another Travis Kelsey, no surprises here, right? He did get awfully close to what I think he was going for, and that's that Shannon Sharp right. record, yep. right? Yeah, 200. Shannon Sharp currently holds the record for 214 receiving yards in a game back in 2002 when he was a Denver Bronco. And he did it against the Chiefs, actually. And if you hear him tell that story, enough. he talks about how he wanted more. You know, he wasn't done in that <laughs> camp. But they stopped throwing to him. So. Right. Well, I think once you get going like that, I can imagine people like more and more. But uh, so he didn't quite get there. He finished with 179 yards, but uh, still great outing. Don't know if he will uh, get there this season. I don't know how many times you can expect to get that kind of. Uh, He's still pretty much those, um, reliable on in Kansas City. 179 For sure. yards is an absolute ton. Right. <laughs> but, I mean. Yeah. He'll, as long as he's healthy, he'll keep doing very well, you know, and carrying that Kansas City team towards the playoffs. All right. And for my cool start, guys, I was, again, taking a look at Bijan Robinson, right? Going back a little bit with him. So talked about the this past week with the headache or migraine or whatever it was. But really, there's been a sharp, not, hmm, I hesitate to say sharp, but kind of a downturn, I think, with him since about week four. Yeah. He has not hit that upward trajectory that many were expecting or looking for from him. He started out right in terms of fantasy points. He started out right around like the 20 mark or so. And I think hasn't been back there very much at all and has been matchups going the other too. way. I mean, so. Tampa is very good against the run. So a little bit of the matchup too. Yeah. So and also I think what are, what are your thoughts on how they are utilizing him I like it. Um, I okay. do. They're still mixing in Algier quite a bit, which right. is, you know, try to take the load off him. They're still a rookie, so they're afraid of fumbles and get the That's true. And stuff. But he is he's a premier running back in the league. But sometimes game script too. You know, Atlanta finds themselves trailing behind or chasing. They've been one of the very lucky duck teams so far this year to find themselves four yeah. or three last second field goals a few times now out there to to get in the W's. I, if I was an owner of him, I would certainly keep running him out there. Even yeah. Even after uh. a game, so. Unless you have something, you know, phenomenal in the wings, so Ken right. Walker, McCaffrey, or something like that, you know? right? So I don't know. So, what are your thoughts? Any more on the uh, mover shakers fantasy world stuff? Sure, we hit some of the big What's ones. We hit Minshew. We had his big one, right? Uh, Dante Foreman is taking over in Chicago. He had a nice game okay. too. Thirty-two points, eighty-nine yards rushing, two TDs. Alvin Kamara, that story's up and running again. Another twenty-nine points for him. Yep, very nice. Our friend AJ Brown, Mister Squeaky Wheel. Oh my God. <laughs> Kind of messing up. I know you're a right. Devonta owner. Yeah. <laughs> right. I think that's probably the only reason I'm hating on AJ Brown so tough. Yeah. But he's a big me. target. He's he's their number <laughs> yeah. one look from Philly, and he had a he had a really big night. That's for sure. Darren Waller though woke up and had a good game. Darren Waller chance. finally woke up, and I think that has a lot to do with Tyrod Taylor being under center. Mm -hmm. And uh, it just seems, and I mentioned this down a little bit uh, when we talk about our, our AT keep an eye on and our uh, show up, show out, shit show sex. And I think that the offense just seems to run a little bit smoother with him under center. So far, I don't know what's going on with um, 
Daniel Jones. I know, well, I, not meaning the injury, yeah. right? No, I mean oh, like his, his play ability? prior to that. I think right. they gave him too much money. And so, he was worth it. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, could very well be, but. Tyrod Taylor, is it's not phenomenal. It's not outstanding by any means, but I think it just seems to be like just yeah. flowing a little bit better. So, and I think that's highly, that's mostly responsible for the better game that Waller had this past week. I think Waller has a good chance. He's playing a tough New York Jets defense today, a kind of bend, don't break kind of defense. So it'll be showing mm-hmm. out for him again, a chance to, to you know, put his mark against a good defense. Right, so. which I don't think he'll do. So I have, we'll see. <laughs> Unfortunately, he'd be covered by CJ Mosley a lot and he's one of the best in the league at yeah. this position. So, but um, yeah, it, but he had a good week this past week. A lot of tight ends with good weeks. Kittle had a good yeah. week. Mark Andrews had National a good week. National Tight Ends Day, whoever made that up. That was George Kittle, I think. But yeah. <laughs> so good good for them. On the cool start uh, side, Sam Howell. However, I am very curious to watch. They are the team that knocked Philly off their podium last year and gave mm-hmm. them their first loss. I'm curious to see. Right. It was, it was a very close game a few weeks ago, if you remember that. Mm-hmm. Now they have the, the rematch in Washington this weekend. So I'm curious to see if he can bounce back from a pretty poor performance. I don't think so. I mean, he's <laughs> he's what did I, what Sam Howell is on track for to break the record for the number of times being sacked, I think 97 is what he's on track for. He's currently around like 40 something, I think, but yeah, he's, it's up there. So one of the defensive linemen for the commanders came out this week. I can't remember the name and said that he's sick of this. I saw that interview. Yeah. I would suggest to the young man to be sick of it. Yes. for Because things aren't getting better in Washington anytime soon, unfortunately, which is too bad. There are, I like McLaurin. I like some of the pieces there, Mm -hmm. but they just, they can't. Till they solve that quarterback conundrum, uh, not so much. Jerry yeah. Goff, just a bad game. He got Baltimore. I mean, they yeah, they uh, over from the beginning. That was, he wasn't back. So, yeah, I don't know how many times I'll say this in our podcast, but Tua, 12 points. Now, was that the Philly mm-hmm. defense? Was it just a tough, you know, primetime Sunday night game? It's the lights and stuff, or you think they got game scripted out? They got Sirianni out coached them. So I think that I think they definitely have an incredible defense mm-hmm. and. It's just not, it's just unrealistic to think it's going to be off the charts. It just can't. I mean, it's, it's the, again, it's the NFL. It's the defending it NFC champions. Right. That's, so right. It's not like it's you're not gonna, really Right. Yeah. So they're going to always have a bad game, pretty much. I mean, right. I'll go to another one who doesn't have bad games. Austin Eckler, five points for 45 yards. Uh, well, you know, is this his first or second one back? This was his second, second one, one back. back. Okay. So, yeah, uh, yeah, that was a little a little rough there. And then uh, I've been. So we'll see. And he's had kind of a cooler season all around, minus the few games that he was sitting out. He hasn't been uh, getting, uh, receiving targets as much as he had been in the past as well. So not all that team has changed a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit. Josh Jacobs, another one who has really only had one good game so far. Mm -hmm. The Raiders, when Galapagos is in there, they do a little better. I mean, everybody does a little better when he's in there, but when they have these backups, Hoyer, whoever else in there, it's it's a massacre. I mean, they just got destroyed by Chicago. And I I wonder what's going on there, too. Josh Jacobs, his uh, yards per carry are are way down. Offensive line play, maybe? So, maybe. But they're they're like... I want to say another one I should have noted, but I think it was somewhere like two and a half, something crazy. Do you think he misses Derek Carr? So... Who misses Derek Carr? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So back All right. for those two running backs, uh, Cooper Cup, six points, mm-hmm. 29 yards. That's a tough one. Okay. Yeah. Tell me the Puka's, Puka's uh, numbers because I think he he looked a little better. Oh, way better. Way better. Yeah, yeah way better. Uh, so maybe they're taking turns. However, I don't know. If you're not paying yeah. attention, Pittsburgh with a mediocre offense at best is four and two, and they beat some decent teams. So, okay. Mm. Yeah. So, and that defense. Okay. Now, we talked about McCaffrey maybe being the offensive MVP, the defensive MVP of the year. For me, for me so far, it's just your friend Joe and TJ Watt. 
Oh, okay. So, yeah. Mm, he's everywhere. Nice. Yeah. So, I mean, if they can keep him healthy, that'll certainly help. A couple of the ones here, Tyler Lockett had a bad game. Marquise Brown had a good game. Uh, we know about Devonta Smith. Talk about it right. Dawson Knox, who's now going to be the man. It's going to be his show up there in Buffalo. Uh, Dawson, no, no, no. Dalton oh, I'm sorry, Dalton Kay, I'm sorry. Yeah. Around. Dalton yeah. Knox is done for the year. It's going to be right. Dalton it's got that wrist surgery. I had it backwards. I'm sorry. So, yeah, yeah. No worries. Yeah, that's what it'll be. And then Evan Agram and Jacksonville had a not game like him. And then my favorite to pick on, Kyle Pitts. Another bad game. Seven but you know what? So, so coming off of two good ones, though. Yeah. So he's gotten some decent targets and receptions through the last, I want to say, three games or so. So he was coming off of, yeah, I think um, I think there's still hope for him yet. Yeah. And maybe not at the level that everybody had him hyped up to be in the initially, but still, I think a very serviceable gets a job. I think he'll, he'll be all right. If not for those two fumbles by Desmond on the one against Tampa Bay, they don't want that. Oh, game right. That was, so, yeah, that's a, yeah. that's a problem. So, um, that their red zone, that's a problem. Let me pick the eight again when we get to that. The two rookies going at it, we'll talk about those two. Oh, I can't wait. More. Yes. So. Yeah, yeah. That's all I have for my uh, stars and my off to a cool start guys. So I had a quick question going into reference to bye week. So this week, none, right? No buys, right? So, and I am uncertain um, around all the details about this. So maybe you have a better idea. So this year, it seems to me there's a little bit of an imbalance, like with the bye week situation. So we five, we had Browns, Chargers, Seahawks, Bucks, six, just Packers, Steelers, then Seven, just past week, we had six teams on a bye week, right? This week, none. Next week, Broncos, Lions, Jags, Niners. Week it's, 10. is bye and we're getting. That's yeah, another one. Right. Seven team. Yeah. Right. Bye, week yeah. 10, Chiefs, Rams, Dolphins, Eagles. Mm-hmm. 11, Falcons, Colts, Patriots, Saints. Week 12, none. Yep. 13, Ravens, Bills, Bears, Ra- Raiders, Vikings, Giants. So six teams. Again. Yeah. Right. In week 13, and then Cardinals Commander. So I heard that they are now. So if you are a one of the reasons it seems a little out of whack, if you will, is that the teams that were playing overseas, they were given them the option as to when they want it, right? They give a break, a week, a bye week when they get back. When they get back, right. And so it does, is that impacting this or what are your thoughts around it? It, Okay. I think that's a thing. I think the Bills waived that. They were one of the, Jacksonville didn't. Jacksonville took their bye when they got back after being over there for two weeks and decided to just stay for both both the games back to back. Okay. Um, I certainly do think that as as the NFL tries to become a more global thing, you know, they have a game in Germany this year and that type of stuff. Mm. I think it's it's necessary because I mean, the time change and all that stuff, it's it's all playing a part of it. Okay. Um, And I also think they like having the full game slates more. So that's part of it. Rather than have four teams off, you know, every week from sort of week four to week 14 or something like that or 13. Right. Yeah, this is the new. I guess so. I was, I'm just thinking that they, there's got to be some way to <laughs> plan this so that there's not six on a buy at one, you know? This is the first. I don't know. This weird. is the first year I can remember two weeks like that with the full six yeah. teams off on two weeks. So, and then team, those always buys. I mean, there's always teams on buys every week from pretty much week four on. And so this is the right. first year I can remember where like there's this week, two the with, nobody. Season, with nobody on buys. Right. Yeah, awfully weird. So. I don't know. Um, just thought. We'll I don't have to know. dig deeper. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So the waiver wire waiver situation, wire. which I think is pretty good this week. So before we jump into that though, just a couple things I wanted to mention. I think a lot of us, in the fantasy world, fantasy league should be really taking this point, this halfway through to really examine the dead weight we might be carrying on our benches across, right? Just from name recognition or people that you're hoping to have a breakout that haven't done anything yet. So just a few tank 
Bigsby, Antonio Gibson, Darnell Mooney, literally almost nothing since week one. Who was Juju Smith-Schuster? Nothing since week one or two. And I'm willing to bet. So when you look at how often or uh, what their availability is, most of them are like heavily rostered still. So I would say just some food for thought. Just maybe do a little like housekeeping around then, especially now as we're we're halfway through, you know? I find myself doing that in the last groups too. I cut DeAndre Hopkins, but just one decent game so far Mm -hmm. this year. I decided it was no longer a good idea to be part of the Tennessee offense. Um, I just did the same thing with Gabe Davis this week. Yeah. One one game. He's the number three or four look in that offense. Mm -hmm. And that's just, you can't, you can't rely on that. And I'll be honest, I'm borderline with T. Higgins as well, who's another big name. Right. Yeah. Big name to keep. Right. So the other one, I'm thinking, well, Juju Smith Schuster, I mentioned to him, right? And he was supposed to be, I think people are connected to him because he was supposed to be the number one receiver in uh, New England. He is not that. He is not the. Kendrick Bourne is the number one receiver in New England. Kendrick Bourne is, he is, let's see, let's look at his. Stats on the season so far, right? We think it's Juju, not, hasn't been for a while now. Bourne has 34 receptions on for 370 yards, three TDs on 51 targets on the season. Juju's 14, 86 yards, 25 targets. Bourne is definitely my favorite waiver wire target this week, and he's only 27% roster. Crazy, right? Yeah. Yeah. So the other, I think, wire, uh, waiver wire guy, I'm going to say Jake Bobo, right? Coming up. Yeah, acrobatic circus catch. (laughs) That was certainly fun to watch. Leading in snaps over Lockett, though. I would watch the wide receiver situation up there. JSN, Jackson Smith might be available as well. Um, It all kind of depends what's going on with DK Metcalf. If he sits for a week, both those guys are interested. That's exactly what I have. If Metcalf is out for a while, I think it'll mean an increasing role for Bobo. Last week, he he saw four receptions, five targets, 61 yards, and a TD. Not bad for somebody... 0% 0% roster. Yeah, yeah. So he, he's certainly out there. I have a couple too. Cremont, yeah. Cremont we talked about a tiny bit. Um, if he's available, go grab. He's not going to go rush for 150 yards. He's just not a speed circuit breaker, but he will plunge mm-hmm. for a couple touchdowns and things like that for you. And a Cleveland offense is still moving. DeMarcado in Arizona yeah. seems to have taken over that role. I wouldn't hop on it. It's only been one game. So right. I'm always hesitant when someone's had one good game and it's like kind of a nobody in a shared situation. Right. What's the other uh, running back up there? Yeah, but he's there the too, the right? Before, yeah. yeah. So Ingram, I think yeah. it is. Yeah. yeah, and uh, they're only a couple weeks away from getting James Conner back. Maybe. Okay. So coming off the IR, so we'll see. Uh, so we'll go to the L.A. situation. Royce Freeman, mm-hmm. uh, only 50% rostered. He seems to be in a split with Terrell Henderson. Uh, right, they Terrell brought Henderson. Yeah. yeah, they brought but him I, back. I don't know, but he's definitely available. Uh, somebody I've been keeping my eyes on, Josh Palmer had a huge game for the Chargers this past seven catches, mm-hmm. 33 yards against the Chiefs. He certainly looks like the number two for the L.A. Chargers, but it's hard to tell with them. Doesn't seem like the rookie's getting very much attention yet. No, I don't um, think so. he's ready. I think they are still going to let him bake a little while. Quentin, right? Johnson, yeah, uh, yeah I don't yeah. think they're going to so go with him. If you can go with Josh Palmer and find him, I think it's worth it. 60% rostered in, a, in, in the leagues. Cam Akers, we talked about 40%. So Malik Willis looks like he might take over for Tennessee. Do you want any interest in him? 1%. I guess if you have a desperation quarterback play. I would not have any interest in Malik Willis over there. But And I also, not only um, with that, I heard that he will be splitting possibly with Will Levis. So there, I don't think there's very much upside there to take on him. I think that's a terrible idea. Split (laughs) running backs, split wide receivers, sure. Splitting quarterbacks, I think that's awful because the quarterbacks have read the position, you know? Right, that's true. Split it up and break it up, I think that's kind of foolish. All right, that's pretty much the waiver wire. Yeah. I think, yeah. Cool. Well, hopefully everyone is tightening up fantasy rosters where they need to, making all the necessary adjustments to keep piling up wins as we get deeper into the season. 
But as things go in Daily Fantasy, it's up to a fresh start with a whole new roster every week. So let's take a look at how Week 7 turned out, and hopefully you find some value picks for Week 8. All right. Week 7 was absolutely dreadful. So another one, a back-to-back terrible DFS uh, week for me. So DFS is our Daily Fantasy Sports, and just like uh, Joe said there, Basically, you get to start fresh every time. Whole new lineup. If you're playing one that requires a salary cap, you select the best players. You try to get them at the lowest price. Fill out your lineup and enter it in various contests and hope for the best. And then with uh, prize picks, which is another way of playing DFS or daily fantasy sports, you can bet across any sort of statistics on any players. You basically just select two or more and you can bet the over-under on whatever their projections are going to be for the week. So this week, I'm going to start with the prize pick stuff. Last uh, week, let's see how, oh, wow, blood in the street. So we had Gardner Minshew, who was who I selected. His target was 218.5 passing yards. I took the under. Oh, I got Minshew for sure. So, and he ended up with 305. So serves me right for being negative. But Josh Allen, his target, 255.5, and I did hit on that one. It was a 265.0, and then Jordan Love, his target was 235.5. He only finished with 180, and I took the over on that. Uh, I mean, it was against Denver. I thought he'd do much better coming out of the bye week. but So no luck there, and of course, I did not do the two out of three. I went for all three so that I could win five times my bet, but ended up winning absolutely nothing. So this week, let's see what we did. I um, went back to, so that was on passing yards, actually. I did quarterbacks. I went back to, no, I did rushing before, passing. So this week I'm going receiving, right? Receiving yards. Let's see. Mike Evans. So it is Pies Picks. They do a little something called Taco Tuesdays where they give you a certain percentage off. If you select this player, I chose Mike Evans and they gave him a very low 34.5 yards versus Buffalo. So I took. I like it. I I took the over on that one, yeah. And then, actually, I took the over on all of these. Our favorite, A.J. Brown, our favorite squeaky wheel in Philly. He's going up against Washington, 88.5 yards. I took the over on this. A.J. Brown has had the over 100 yards in the last five games. So... And those two have had shootouts the last couple times they played. So maybe a shootout again? Yeah. Well, all of that squeaking, let's let's yeah. hope it continues and he gets me a win this week. And then uh, lastly, Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill in New England. The um, Dolphins and the Patriots have gone back and forth for quite a number of years. And it's usually, it's usually a pretty tough game, but they have 92.5 yards for Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill is chasing 2,000 yards this season. I think he might get it. So I took the over on that one too. I know that's pretty high, but I did take the over. So hopefully these will all come through. And once again, I got to get all three. I didn't do the two out of three. So all three gives me five times my bet. So let's hope for the best there. Now, in the um, DraftKings lineup, I think this was where I did by far the worst. I think all of the all of our showings this week, of my showings this week, this one was the worst. So I came in at twelve thousand nine hundred and sixty-four, which was way way down near the bottom. I think there was only something like twenty thousand in this one. I think there was twenty twenty-two thousand people in this one. And uh, let's see, the lineup was Jordan Love, Austin Eckler, Kenneth Walker Jr., Zay Flowers, 
Watson, Christian Watson in uh, Green Bay, Curtis Samuel, Mark Andrews, Tutu Atwell, and the Browns defense. Only two of those were really viable in terms of uh, DFS lineups, and that was Mark Andrews with 22 points and the Browns with 16. So this week, unfortunately, I am sitting this one out on DFS. I didn't have a chance to put together a really good lineup. I kind of ran out of time in preparing for this week's show, but I will be back next week. I am not giving up just sitting out one one week on it, but we'll be back. So I'll go to the drawing board, come up with a really good strategy and be ready for it then. But otherwise, uh, that will, that'll do it. So it was a uh, quite a rough week for me in DFS in uh, week seven. But let's take a look at how we did with uh, our eight to keep an eye on for last week. Here's where we take a look at eight upcoming games and give you guys our picks for the ones we think will be most exciting and most impactful for the upcoming week. So first, how did we do last week? Righty, Last week, we both took the Miami Dolphins to upset the Philadelphia Eagles. Everyone knows that turned out. We both took the loss there. Uh, We split on Detroit, who you took, and I took Baltimore. So I took that one. Split on Cleveland and Indianapolis. You took Cleveland. You got that one. We split on Atlanta and Tampa Bay. That last second field goal, you got that one. Mm-hmm. We both had the Chiefs, and what turned out to be an easy win for them over the Chargers. We both had New Orleans, who took the loss at home in a pretty close game. to the Jags, 31-24 yeah. in the end. Yeah. Um, we both had Green Bay, who Denver's defense showed up, and I, they seemed to be getting a little bit better after that 70-burger <laughs> I put on them. So, yeah. And we both took Seattle, who pretty much handily won at home. That will make it, it for that week. You had me that week. Uh, you were four and four. I was three and five. Now on the year, you are thirty-two and twenty-four, and I am thirty-one and twenty-five. Close. Super close. <laughs> if you ask any sports better who follows football, the NFL, or anything, fifty-one percent is the average. We're both above that. Cool. So there you go. Look at this. Yeah, yeah, not so bad. Okie dokie. So here we are. The eight to keep an eye on this week. We will kick it off with the place of my birth, the Jets and the Giants. Who do you like? Jets and the Giants. I'm taking the Jets in this game. So although Tyra Taylor has done okay, I think under center for the uh, Giants, I think coming off the bye, the Jets defense will not surrender very much. I think on the ground to the Giants, I'm going, yeah, I'm going Jets. Uh, I also take the Jets defense. They're very similar. If you look stat-wise, now we're at the time of the year, we can look at total stats for each team. Very, very, very similar. I like Brees Hall in this game quite a bit. So I like him more than Saquon Barkley. If the Jets can stay away from the turnover bug, which seems like they've gotten under control, which certainly helped them get past the Eagles, Mm -hmm. I think they can do what they need to do and get the win here. I like the Jets as well. Okay, next one, a fun divisional one. The Minnesota Vikings and the Green Bay Packers. Ooh, I am going for the Vikings. So if they play the way they did in that upset of uh, the Niners on Monday night, there should be no problem with the Packers, right? So this division, this is a division game. And even though I think, what, the Lions were just blown out uh, (laughs) in their division, they're still sitting pretty comfortable in number one, right? So by at least two games, the Vikings are still chasing, you know, them down in that division. And I think that is at the forefront of their, their mind, right? So I think the Vikings are chasing them in hopes of like a, a deeper playoff run, right? So are the Vikings a playoff team? I think they can be. I, I mean, we still get a, got a, Three and four, a little bit to go. A lot of season to go still. I mean, shoot, right? Shoot, they end up thirteen and four. I mean, if they went out to right. Four, so, but so. I I think after this, though, I think they'll they'll I think they'll get the win. I think the Vikings will get the win against the Packers, and that'll even them out, right? So that gets them off the losing side of the of it. Yeah. And then, um, depending on, of course, what happens with 
Detroit. So, but yeah, I think that the Packers are ranking near the bottom in offense. And I think yeah, they were nothing says that better than being unable to capitalize on the last the lowly rated Broncos. They couldn't take advantage of a team that's ranked dead last in the so league in uh, defense. So, yeah. yeah. I'm gonna take. Uh, I'm taking the Vikings for the win on this one. I went back and forth. Um, these teams have a big history, of course. I did take the Vikings as well. The Vikings zero rushing touchdowns this year. However, sixteen mm. passing touchdowns, which is right. the most in the league. Wow. I wrote down in my notes: Vikings bad against pass. <laughs> and then I wrote down in the Green Bay notes: bad against run. So the Packers four <laughs> rushing touchdowns and ten passing touchdowns. So kind of balanced, but a little bit beat up on that side of the ball with AJ Dillon and those guys. So yeah. I will also take Minnesota to get it done in Cheesehead Country. All right, the next one, the Patriots, another divisional one, the Patriots and the Dolphins. Patriots, Dolphins, yes, we said another divisional game. Dolphins sitting pretty in first place. Patriots dead last, two and five. I got to take the Dolphins. Although I think Mac Jones and the Patriots, they did look good in the upset against the Bills. The Patriots, they, which they won a game they had no business winning. But I still think Tua is on fire again. Hill's looking to crack that 2,000 yards this season. I think they're well on their way. I'm going Dolphins. I'm also going Dolphins. The offense is very fast. Our offensive line is a tiny bit beat up after playing against that very, very stout Philadelphia defensive line. But uh, I like them to get the win. Too much Tyreek. Jalen Waddle, I think, is back from his back thing as well. Left some spasms. Right. Yeah. I think he's okay. Because he came back in the game that that day. Yeah. Sure did. So he's a difference maker for them as well. So we'll take the Dolphins as well. The next one, uh, the Cleveland Browns and the Seahawks. Browns, Seahawks. Let's see. I am going to take the Seahawks. The Browns will likely still be without, I think, Deshaun Watson, right, for the shoulder injury. And I don't think that uh, P.J. Walker will be able to get the job done against the Seattle defense at all. Walker... I think he'd have to try to throw on uh, Seattle because on the ground they're giving up an average of I think like something like 87 rushing yards a game, and that's like the sixth best in the in the league. So we know there's no Nick Chubb now, no Jerome Ford to you know mount ground game for them. It looks like Kareem Hunt might be getting uh, ramped up to take over that uh, backfield, but for now though, I think yeah, I I. I Still don't think they'll be able to t- overcome the Seahawks in that. So I'm going to go the Seahawks on this one. I also, I'm going to take the Seahawks. It's a very tough place to play in the Pacific Northwest, especially start getting to this time of year when it's rainy and it's cold mm-hmm. and it's all that good stuff. They did lose Chidi Okonkwo, defensive end, or a good one. Part of that big run stuff, defense that Seattle mm-hmm. has. Um, I don't think it matters too much. I think it's going to still be plenty of passing, plenty of Seahawks. It won't be, I think it could turn into a blowout. But Seahawks. Uh, okay. okay. I am very excited. Hopefully for, not, though. Yeah, I'm <laughs> very excited for this next game. It is a going home for one Mr. Matthew Stafford. Okay. It is the Rams and the Cowboys. Yes. Not going home to play for them, so no one's confused. No, Matthew Stafford grew up in Texas. He's from, okay. he's from Dallas. There we go. Okay. Right. So, well, um, I thought, did you take the Steelers last week? Did I hear you say that? You took the Steelers on the Rams, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I thought. Rams for sure. So I was looking at it as an upset in that uh, loss to the Steelers. But unfortunately, I think their uh, losing streak is going to continue against the Cowboys. I'm going to take the I'm going to I'm going to take Dallas on this one. I think Dallas are coming off of that bye, ready to go. We um, it may even be like a relatively low scoring game with both of these teams having two of the best pass rushers out there, right, in Aaron Donald and in the in uh, Michael Parsons. But I'm going to go with a team that has the best run game on this one, I think, and that's Dallas with Tony, with, um, what's his name, Pollard? 
the Tony Pollard. Yeah, Tony Pollard. So mm-hmm. they're not sure what's happening in the backfield right now. I think with um, the Rams, they the brought Ram back Henderson. Henderson you know, and so yeah. they're trying to kind of figure it out. They've been stacking, I think, a bunch of names that they could possibly use at some point. So, yeah. I, and it makes me wonder even if they are feeling like maybe they should have held on to Cam Akers a little bit longer because he looked okay over there and uh, for, for the Vikings. That is kind of a weird situation the other day. But, yeah, I'm going to go Cowboys. I also am going to take the Cowboys just for the you and I think exactly the same, just because their run game is better. I think Cooper Cup could have a very good game. I wouldn't be surprised mm-hmm. if he did. Puka Nakua could also, without, you know, Diggs back there in the secondary anymore, it's a little easier to throw on the Cowboys. I think there will be some of that. But Dallas will play the plan they play, and they're a run team first. Yeah. And then that's what they'll do, and they'll slow it down and do it there. I think it's going to be an exciting game, though. That's one to watch if you have the availability. But uh, Dallas for me as well. All right, the next one, the battle. We talked about this a little bit earlier. The battle yeah. of the rookies, the Texans yes. and the Panthers. A couple high first-round picks from last year going at it. Mm-hmm. Uh, C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young. Who do you like here? So I like the Texans here. I think this will be a good one to see, though. Um, the Panthers, they continue to struggle in a lot of ways. They're the league's only winless team. And the te- while, you know, while they're the league's only winless team, the Texans have uh, taken some pretty big steps forward. I think they found themselves, what, now second in their division, right? Second in the AFC South ahead of the Titans and the Colts, which I think nobody had them there. So uh, I will take the Texans, expecting a big game for Pierce, right? The Panthers actually don't give up much in the air, but they do surrender a lot on the ground. I think they are the only the only team worse than them on the ground is the Broncos. So I'm gonna they're doing what an average of 144 rushing yards per game. They've already given up 12 rushing TDs on the season. I'm gonna take the Texans. I think this might be the only game where you and I are opposed. I, okay. mean, I know Carolina has not won, and I'm breaking one of my betting rules here. We don't bet on a team until they win, and they haven't won yet. However, I'm going to roll with them and the young temp. I like Thielen. I like what they're doing there. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure what's going on with Miles Sanders, if he's out or he's playing. Or okay. I'm not. I think so. But I don't see him in any of my injury stuff this past week. But okay. he's, he hasn't been breaking anything special there anyway. Right. But, but they've been using Chuba Hubbard a bit. Chuba Hubbard. Yeah. Bit. Yeah. Yeah. So, and he played quite a bit last time they played. So, yeah. But I will go with the Panthers to get that. First win of the season. Okay. Yeah, we'll, we'll, see. See. we'll see. We'll see. All right. The <laughs> All next right. one is a battle of a couple more potent offenses. This one we have yes. Cincinnati Bengals and the San Francisco 49ers. Oh, how I hope that Joe Burrow is back and at 100%. So I know we just watched the Niners get upset by the Vikings on Monday night, but they are still a powerhouse defense with a superior pass rusher to face. And uh, I think that if you're going to have any remote chance of winning or being successful against the Niners, you got to be 100%. So let's hope that's what this bye week did and just what the doctor ordered for Joe Burrow because I'm going to take the Bengals. It takes uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It just feels like it. So I'm going to, you go, move on before well, I change my mind, before I chicken out. Okay. I'm taking I, the Bengals. I am going to take the San Francisco 49ers because there's another old thing in football. If you can run and stop the run, that usually equates to wins. Now the Niners are on a two-game losing streak. However, they are the seventh in rushing overall offensively and they're number mm-hmm. one against the run and Cincinnati's the second to last against the run. <laughs> okay. So I'm assuming, I mean, yeah, Joe Mixon is not having a great, not having a great, great goal this year. The Niners all of a sudden in a situation where they need to win this game. So I expect their defense to come out and play. I'm not sure Debo's Samuel's status just yet or what's going on there. Right. But Kittle will certainly play, McCaffrey will certainly play, and the, the normal cast of characters. Mm-hmm. The spread isn't huge, it's only five and a half points at home for the Niners. So I expect a, not a total, total blowout, but the Niners to get the, get the win. 
All right. Last but not least of the eight, the Falcons and the Titans. Falcons, Titans. I'm taking the Falcons on this one. The Falcons keep finding ways to win. And, um, you know, as a result, they found themselves number one in the NFC South. So they managed to squeak by Tampa Bay last week with the rookie, uh, without the rookie, uh, Bijan Robinson. And everyone else, I think, stepped up to get the W. So I say against a middle-of-the-pack defense in the Titans, I'm going to take the Falcons. I, I say they keep the momentum going. Me too. I'm going to take the Falcons. It was fun to watch them win that by the last second field goal last week. Yeah. They would have won that game a lot more if, uh, if it wasn't those really goal, line. goal line yeah. fumbles and stuff against a decent Tampa Bay team. So, yeah, I like Atlanta there as well. All right, and now for the segment we get the most feedback on. Everyone seems to like it very much. We get a little more player-specific, make some accurate fantasy predictions, and let you know who's going to show up, who's going to show out. And who's going to be a shit show this week? And now, who is showing up? We just need everybody to do their job. Maybe the one word that isn't in that that's implied is do your job well. It could be enough to make the difference. Okay. Who do I have showing up? Oh, fun. Zach Wilson, I think, against the Giants. I think he will show up. The Jets have been, uh, they beat the Eagles and the Bills. I think that's put a little more wind in the sails. I think it's built up his confidence just a little bit. So they're coming back again off the bye. Um, and yeah, they. I think they'll be ready to take on a team that has not been doing so well so lately. So I think that, and I think uh, Zach, he'll do enough. He will show up. I think so too. You know, not, not too many turnovers. I think they have a good chance. That'd be good, a good game for him, especially if they lean on the running game. All right, for me to show up is Joe Burrow over San Francisco. I think he'll have a decent game. Okay. I don't think they will run the ball at all, so he'll have to throw. Right. And I think he's going to have a decent game. All right, so who would <laughs> like to show up for running back? I like uh, Madison at the Packers to show up for running back. Uh, again, I think they had a really good game. I think they realized that the run can help, can be more valuable. I think that maybe they will um, – kind of give that script another go, like start out with a run again. So I'm hoping that, and, and I'm thinking, yeah, Madison will show up uh, as a running back with the, for the Packers. Maybe get his first touchdown yeah. of the year. That'd be kind of Maybe. Cool. Yeah. All right. So for me, running back to show up is uh, Brees Hall. I think he'll just have a good workman game with, with, for him with sort of 80, hmm. 80 to 100 yards, touchdown. I'll probably run one big run for 30 or 40 somewhere along the way there. Yeah. So against the nice. Giants team is playing a little bit better over the past couple weeks. You know, got a win and then almost took one from Buffalo. So, yeah. All right, who do you have to show up in wide receiver? So I think uh, wide receiver, Jackson Smith and Jigba, I think is the pronunciation of that last name. But uh, the last game, I think we finally saw a glimpse of what we've been expecting from him in the games. I think he is capable. I think that... Uh, he'll he will be looked for against the Browns, who are a great defense of the run. So they'll be passing a little more. I think he'll show up. Yeah, I like yeah. that quite a bit too. I am going to take one of my favorite names. I'm going to take Puka Nakua. Ah, yeah, against the Dallas Cowboys. I think okay, show up and be that second guy and nice. have a decent game. He's going to keep. He's trending towards the top fifteen every week. Uh, fantasy wide receivers in football, which is fun to see. Oh, wow. Yeah. All right. For tight ends, we have. Tight end, <laughs> the one and only Kyle Pitts. I think the Falcons will keep the momentum <laughs> going, like I said. And I think relying on Pitts a little more. He's had more, like I said before, targets and catches these uh, last few games. I expect that uptick to kind of continue. So, yep, I think he shows up cool. for the Titans. I like Sam Laporta versus the Raiders. Mm-hmm. He's becoming a household name all of a sudden with Detroit, having a great breakout year. Right. Um, that Vegas Raider defense is not so great. So Detroit needs to get back on the winning column, and I like them to, to show up and have a good game. I very much like him game, sort of 60, 70 yards, 
between six captures or so. Okay. Okay. Defense. Defense. I think that while I do think the Seahawks will get the win, I think the Browns will show up. I think they'll make it very, very tough. It'll be a very competitive game. I like the Browns defense quite a lot. So um, although Seahawks get the win, I'm going to say the Browns are going to show up. Uh, They'll make it a battle. I'm going to take Pittsburgh to show up against Jacksonville to keep slowing people down. I'd like them to, even though going against a very tough Jacksonville team with Etienne and uh, Trevor Lawrence and all those guys, but I like Pittsburgh to show up at home. Those terrible towels are going. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Next one. Show out. Hey, that's what I'm talking about, baby. That's what I'm talking about. Okay. Showing out. Lamar Jackson, I think he is playing great. The Ravens really seem to be firing on all cylinders, especially uh, in the offense. I think he's got trust in that new rookie receiver of his and Zay Flowers and, of course, Mark Andrews. So um, they picked apart a very good Detroit Lions team. I think they'll do the same with the Cardinals. Got uh, Lamar Jackson to show out. They are looking very good all of a sudden. Um, I like Kirk Cousins versus the Packers. Really? Out. Yeah, I think he's going to go out and throw a throw. That's something wrong with the Packers right now. I expect them to go out there and get a solid win that they need and put them back into the category at 500. Again, it'll be four and four. Good division win. All right. Cool. So running back. Yeah. Running back. I'm going to say Damian Pierce mm. uh, against the Panthers, right? Again, the only team worse than the Panthers that defending the run is the Broncos. Pierce should have a good game on this one. I think if they meaning the Texans, right? If they want to win this game, they'll have to establish a run with Pierce. So it'll be much harder, I think, to throw on the Panthers. They don't surrender much through the no, air. No. So, yeah, I think uh, Pierce should show out. Yeah, Pierce be good. I like uh, Jameer Gibbs, my guy, again, against the Raiders. The Raiders are god-awful against the run. We just saw that when they played <laughs> Chicago. So a good chance. That's the Monday night game for Detroit and to show out on national television. All right, uh, wide receiver, what do you got? Wide receiver. So a new one, I think, to this uh, show up, show out, shit show segment. Rashi Rice versus the Broncos. I like him, yeah. yeah. So we've mentioned it before in the podcast, but I think he's kind of endeared himself, I think, a little to Mahomes. He's like wiggled his way into being that number two receiver behind Kelsey for him. So I think uh, he'll have a big game against the Bronco. The relationship definitely reminds me of the Lamar Jackson, Zay Flowers situation with Mark Andrews over there for them and Kelsey over there for them. So, yep, I'm going to go Rashi Rice on out. That would be a fun playoff game to watch. The Baltimore Ravens and the Kansas City Chiefs we will see in a couple months. All right, for me, show out would be Cooper Cup versus Dallas. Mm-hmm. I like that passing offense. I think there's a lot of back and forth. I expect him to get back, bounce back from last week. All right, tight end. Who do you like to show out? Tight end. This was an easy one. I'm going to go uh, Travis Kelsey again against the Broncos. Um, I fully probably another blowout for them. Kelsey is likely to do um, very big numbers against a very poor defense. So go on, Travis Kelsey. Agreed. I'm going to take Dalton Kincaid. It's now his show in Tampa Bay. He looks nice. to be the second guy there in Buffalo behind uh, Diggs. So I expect him to have a decent okay. game this week. It's I like it. All right, defense. Defense. Jets refreshed, fired hey. up, off the bye, ready to go. I'm looking for a defensive TD and several takeaways in this one. So I'm going Jets at the Giants. I like that one. Uh, I'm going to take the Detroit Lions at home against the Raiders. Uh, I don't know exactly if it's going to be Garoppolo or not. We know it doesn't really matter too much. I think yep. gets their bounce back game and an easy win at home against the Raiders. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now for shit show. So we y'all need to work out mode. Yes. So shit show quarterback. Just like you said, we don't know who is going to be Jimmy G or Brian Hoyer, I think um, was the name tossed around versus the Lions. So I put both of them 
Jimmy G slash Brian Hoyer. <laughs> Lions are going to come out swinging against the Raiders, looking for a bounce back from that blowout last week against the Ravens. So, yep, that's, uh, I think either one of those guys is in for a world of hurt. I agree. Quarterback. Uh, speaking of those Ravens, my shit show quarterback is Joshua Dobbs of the Arizona Cardinals. Ooh. Unfortunately, he's going to run into a very difficult defense, probably more than he's seen in his young career. Probably in for a tough game. Yeah. So, all right. Agreed. Running back. Running back. So, I got Joe Mixon at the Niners. Joe Mixon, 3.8 yards on the carry, 366 on the season. Niners are allowing an average of 79 yards a game, three rushing touchdowns so far. I think Joe Mixon has one on the season so far. So, I think it's going to be a tough one for him. The Niners are very hard to run on, throw on. Yeah, I'm not looking for much success for, for Joe Mixon. It was an easy one because I also have Joe Mixon as yeah. the shit show running back. That was an easy one. Okay, yeah. who do you have on wide receiver? <laughs> Wide receiver, uh, Hopkins versus the Falcons, actually. So I think with the quarterback troubles that they are having, they'll be, uh, who knows who's going to be throwing on the ball. I don't expect anyone to be able to get it to him with any sort of consistency or efficiency in this one. And so that's going to cause them to have some pretty bad numbers this time around. So I got Hopkins for the shit show, unfortunately. I'm going to take, he's a good receiver, but he's going to have a bad week. I have yeah. Amari Cooper mm. uh, against Seattle in Seattle. So Okay. Yeah, see who's throwing to them. I don't think it's going to matter too much. I think Seattle's defense has played very well. They shut down a lot of teams recently. Uh, they haven't been blown out even close in any game yet. So I think the most points they gave up was the first week against the Rams um, and still won that game. So, yeah. Okay. So who do you have for a tight end? Tight end. Oh, boy. Hurts to say it, but I think Darren Waller. He's coming off of a great game, but I think he's facing a much, much tougher Jets defense, and I don't see him being able to do much here at all with it. So I'm going uh, Darren Waller. Did you copy? Sorry. Because we have the same thing again. <laughs> I also have Darren Waller against the New York Jets. CJ Moser is one of my favorite linebackers behind Fred Warner and a couple of us around the league. He'll cover him quite a bit. Jets secondary too much. Linebackers too much. There's too much. I don't expect much offense from the Giants. Maybe a little bit, 14 points or so. But yeah, uh, agree. Darren Waller is not going to have a very good game against that Jet defense. All right. Last but not least, your defense. Last but not least, as you can expect, Broncos, of course. Same old story. No stopping this powerhouse Chiefs offense at all. So, yep. Shit show defense, Broncos. Yeah, I took the L.A. Rams defense. who has been mm. struggling to stop anybody recently against the Cowboys. I expect the high-scoring affair and like the over in that game. And, yeah. All right. Well, I think that'll do it for this week, guys. Please come back. Hang out with us again next week. I think we're getting pretty good at this thing, Joe. What do you think? I think we're doing great. Yep. Great, great. Well, where to find us? You can find us Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, YouTube, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. Remember, please... Like, follow, rate, review us on any of those platforms. Those reviews are super important. Not only do they help us get better, but the more you guys rate and review the podcast, the faster we move up those podcasting charts. And that's definitely what we want. Please don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Air It Out Network. And don't forget the support this podcast link is in each of the show descriptions. You can, if you so choose, click on that link and support the podcast and make it that much easier for us to bring you this awesome show on a weekly basis. So hopefully we have you guys coming back again to join us next week. Thank you so much for listening and for all of the support. So signing off this week, this is the Air It Out Fantasy Football League podcast. We will talk to you later. Thank you guys so much. All right. Bye. Bye.
This podcast is written, produced, and recorded by me, Chantel Brown, and Joe Bishop as a part of the Air It Out Podcast Network. Recording mixed and mastered by Wodek B.